Welcome back to the Bad Wives Club. Today's episode is a special one. We chose the topic of grief. At this point in our lives, we've probably all experienced some sort of loss. Some are struggling to cope more than others, especially during the holidays when we're constantly reminded of our loved ones who passed away. If you're feeling the weight this holiday, our hearts go out to you and truly know that this episode was recorded with you in mind. In part one, we have our good friend. She's tiff to us 90% of the time, but she's spirit tiff when she taps into her incredible, literally unbelievable ability to connect to loved ones in spirit. She's dedicated her life's work to provide this healing modality of comfort and validation to those going through grief. Libby, Lara, and I talk about our initial skepticism with spirituality in general. So if you're feeling that way, you're not alone. And then we get so many great tips on how to deal with grief. So just keep believing in those signs like red cardinals because I do and I found so much comfort in it. And then there's a bonus part to this episode focused on Alzheimer's and dementia specifically. I know this is a very specific topic, but I think a lot of people are affected by it. This disease took my mother-in-law, Kathy, away from our family way too soon, almost one year ago. So my husband, Jeff's cousin, Jill Hovenasian, who is actually the manager of the Alzheimer's Association Helpline program, her and I stepped away on Thanksgiving when we were missing Kathy the most. Jill is honestly just the kindest, warmest, most comforting soul, which you guys are going to pick up on from this conversation. So it's no wonder that she found a job helping others in this way. She's helped our family so much through Kathy's rapid progression. Our conversation is just filled with tips, advice for caregivers, friends, or loved ones of those affected by Alzheimer's. So tune in, guys, and we hope you find these conversations as impactful as we did. Here and I have to get close to the mic. Yeah, put your lips on it. Put your lips on it. Get ready. I mean, I've seen you in person, like doing what you do, and it is unbelievable. Like I was, I used to be skeptical about all of this and how it worked, and and I always wondered, like, can I be like religious and spiritual? Like, am I allowed to believe in this? It was just, I I always just kind of like before meeting you, and I remember right when I first saw you do your first reading at a BB event. It was at the Boston Harbor Hotel. And you read somebody and you said, you walked up to this woman and you were like, your father passed away or a a father figure passed away and he left behind quarters and dimes and nickels. Like this sounds really random, but like, do you, are you carrying a coin holder? And I'm like, what the hell is a coin holder? And then I'm like, oh gosh, if Tiff is like off on this, I'm going to feel so bad. (laughs) The woman in the middle of a BBB workout pulls out a coin holder. Stop. From her father, from her father. Yes, who I thought it away. was like I thought it was a load of shit. Like I never believed. I had never seen a coin holder before. It's Boston like a, it's Harbor. not a wallet. It's a it's coin like a holder. Yeah. Like it's, it's like, like a, plastic. It was a plastic yeah. coin holder. Yes, and, and I had never seen that before. So I'm like, what is going on? So honestly, that was a huge point in my <sighs> life when I'm like, okay, Tiff is the real deal. <laughs> Whether you're yeah. spiritual or not, though, like you just have such great advice and like the way you look at things and like the advice that you've given me over the past couple of years we are so excited to have you on here today well i'm excited to be here yay. you know and and welcome yay <laughs> Girls no. and you have your own podcast too <clears throat> yes so my podcast is called we are never truly alone pretty much anything connected to me has my trademark is we are never truly alone so if you google it you'll mm-hmm. find me um but my podcast is based on everyday life with a little sass of spirituality you know, because every single day we are put, whether it's a good day 
or bad day, we have certain struggles that we have to go through, and so we have to use our resource, like our tools in our resource box, you know. So whether we we are taught our tools from a therapist or just you know doing some work on yourself, going through your healing process, like we have to go back and and really utilize those tools to be able to handle our day. So you guys wow. that have the kids, where you are off the wall, going from one one team to the next to school <laughs> to feeding them all that good stuff sometimes you need to bring it back to just basics yeah and Wait, so where did you find your tools like how did you know that you had this in you I was just place? thinking that yeah. question I'm so happy you just like, asked that <laughs> before we dig into this I'm like <clears throat> I want to know like where did you find it when was the first time that you actually felt like you were talking to like somebody on the other side or and were you weir- weirded out by that yeah. oh I hadn't yeah I was the weird kid in school <laughs> I, I was a weird kid I was like let's play with the Ouija board and I had no idea I wanted to go get my cards re- read instead of going to like a yeah. party in the woods you know and I never understood why so I would have these conversations with people and as I'm talking to them I'd all of a sudden start to see people behind them. No. But in my mindset, and I'm like, all right, Tiff, I have ADD. I need to like chill yeah. out, like just focus, oh just focus. Gosh. Yeah. So I thought I was the weird. I mean, I got along with everybody. I got class friendly. So it wasn't like yeah. I was, I, you know, made myself to be this I like mean, isolated person. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it wasn't until I really started to, I got a little older and I decided to become a Reiki master teacher. So Reiki is Japanese and means energy life force. And I just wanted to get a better understanding of energy. And then I did that, you know, took all, all three levels, graduated from that. And I'm like, what else? What else? And then I took a class in mediumship. And when I took that class, it was like everything that I have experienced in my life finally came together. It was the missing ingredient to my life because... Sorry, how old were you when you when you found out you had this like gift? When I realized what it was, yeah. I think I was thirty. Like I was oh, older. Oh, no I way. was yeah, I was older. Yeah. Wow. I was wow. older, yeah, because I I became a Reiki master teacher. I, at thirty, I became a Reiki master teacher. You know, so I went all my life mm-hmm. realizing that something was missing. My uncle, what's he saying? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I had, because no, I had no idea. I just went with the very first things that popped into my head. Oh my God, like goosebumps. And Whoa. all along growing up, like I said, I felt, I probably do have a little ADD, let's be real. Yeah. But I thought it was just me not being able to focus and pay attention and my mind just wandering. I didn't realize it was distractions of other people yes, trying to was, talk to you. It was oh spirits. God. It was people in the afterlife oh trying God. to come to me to just, they just wanted to be acknowledged. So... so I'm sure a lot of people have this question because I do. And once again, I was never like a total like firm believer until I started seeing this and really getting to know you. But like, can you pick and choose? Like if you're in a crowd or walking through a mall, can you pick and choose who you're getting that energy from? Or does it just like randomly come to you? I have really good boundaries. So just yeah. like you probably have boundaries with people yeah. in, in your life that are yeah. physically here. Yeah. I have to have boundaries of spirit. It wow. goes hand, hand in hand because you know, you guys see it on TV all the time where there's a medium that pulls somebody out of the grocery store and they're like, hey, yeah. Johnny's here. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. and the person starts crying, right? Well, first of all, remember, reality TV is producer-based. Let's yeah. just be real here. But um, I have to remember that the type of readings that I give, someone might not be open to it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can't mm-hmm. just, even though I may connect with someone, if they slip through the my boundaries and they're like, 
hey, Johnny is here. I can't say, hey, Laura, Johnny's here because mm-hmm. I don't know your standpoint. I don't know yeah. where you are with grief. I don't know wow. if you even want a message. So wow. the basis of what I do is 100% people coming to me. Mm-hmm. My business grew from 100% referrals and I built a website and people started to contact me for private readings and then house parties. And wow. It just growing up, were you did you were you brought up in any certain religion or was this something that you were that like your family did when you were a kid or anything like did you how did you even get into Reiki to begin with? Well, I'm adopted. And so I was Yeah. Oh Oh, yeah, adopted girls. Yes. Oh my gosh. So um again there was that feeling of you want that connection somewhere and you know you don't fit in with your regular family. But I was raised in a Christian household, and my mom was a Sunday school teacher, so I went wow, to church okay. frequently, wow. you know, and I do believe that there is a God there. I do believe that there is an afterlife. Okay. That's my personal opinion. Um, but I've, they weren't on that spiritual side. Okay. So, but they also supported me with everything that I did. No, I love that. What's the difference between being religious and being spiritual? I'm sorry if that's a dumb question, but I mean, that's kind of where I'm getting at with this conversation because I think there's a lot of people who wonder like, okay, can I be religious? I want to believe in God and I want to believe in that story, but then I also believe in energy and I believe in the universe and I believe in all these things. So like, can you be both? Can we be both? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You That's know, what I the we can only be whatever we want to be. Exactly. The only yeah. reason why there's rules is because with with Christianity and religion, there's that structure. Depending on what type of religion you, you are, you follow a Bible, and that's it. There's mm-hmm. there's that structure, you know. Um, but with spirituality, it's pretty much a little bit looser. There's mm-hmm. there's not as many rules, and I personally believe that we're all energy, anyways. We're all connected through vibration. That's why we have our friends, right? Our friends, yeah. the people that we're naturally attracted to, mm-hmm. our husbands or our wives, the, the ones that we just are naturally gravitated to. It's because they match our energy, and that's what it is. So if you guys realize that we're more than our body, and we are, we, when our body gives out, our body is here for only a certain amount of time. It will eventually give out, but our souls continue on. So it's like every time, everywhere, every place, right? I'm sure you've seen the movie. So I don't know if I said the movie right, though. But but, but ultimately, we're always on different dimensions. So when people do ask me about religion, Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people can be either very black or white on it. So what I usually say is, you know, I do, my, my personal belief, I do feel like there is, there is a heaven, and I do believe in religion, However, I'm very spiritual, and I feel like our loved ones are on just a different dimension, mm-hmm. and they will consistently show us that they're right here with us if we are just aware of the certain signs. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so That's so how I feel. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So, what, like, I'm just so curious to what you see. So, when they come to you, <laughs> like, yeah. like just no, 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 no like, because, yes. When they come to you, like, are they in a house? Are they in the clouds? Like, are they with God? Like, are right. they, are they are in they a white in a gown? Living room? <laughs> yeah. Like, are they, la? Tiffany, you know, because I know you saw a guy who was like riding a motorcycle, you know, in one of your readings. So, right. So spirit, spirit shows us what they want to show us. Right. Uh So it's like, imagine having a regular conversation. When you guys have a conversation, you can't control what Libby's going to say. You know, if you're asking her a question, she's going to respond and you can't say, no, Libby, say this or 
put a different top on or whatever, you know, you can't. <laughs> Libby's going to do what she's going to do. It's the same thing with spirit. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. Mm -hmm. So when I open up, I open up that conversation and I'll start it. It's like an interview process. So going back to that first reading when I was like, Lewis, 77, white t-shirt. And that was it. And she's like, what's he saying? And I'm like, I don't know. Because I didn't realize that I had to initiate that conversation, that interview wow. process. Wow. So then so. you're like, okay, I see you. What do you want to say? Yes. <gasps> Tell me what they need to know for their highest and greatest good. Do you wow. say it out loud or do you say that in your mind? In my mind. Okay. Because our thoughts manifest and they hear us. <gasps> so, so do you guys they're not going to tell you the bad things if that's not for the highest and greatest good. It will say right. the bad thing if it's for the highest and greatest good. Like get out of that marriage or like you need to make a change. Right. Okay. Right. It's always for the highest and greatest good. And that's wow. how I set my intentions. Mm -hmm. So there could be somebody else that, that is a medium that has no boundaries and doesn't yeah. set their intentions. I actively choose to set my intentions for my highest and greatest good. But I know you you guys listen to like people setting intentions and manifesting, right? And then all of a sudden when you're like, oh my gosh, like Liz, I know yeah. you've had a personal experience where you've manifested. You have opened up so much. I really have. You really have. And I didn't done even go with Kelly and Jill to those readings at the beginning because I was just kind of like, I don't really no you know I hadn't even skeptical. met Tiff before I was super skeptical now with spirituality I feel confident being like I'm religious I'm still kind of confused about religion because I want to raise my kids I pray mm -hmm. every single night I got my kids baptized I want all of that and I want them to just believe in God and have faith like I did as a kid yeah. but I'm still just confused with religion in general because I'm like okay I don't really believe in a hundred percent of what the Catholic religion yeah. is telling me to believe in so I kind of want to customize what my faith is going to be. And that's going to be some religion still praying and some spirituality and some believing that like the universe has a plan for all of us. And that, you know, at the end of the day, it's about just being a good human, you yeah, know, and, be, exactly. and being good to, to other people. And, you know, with, with religion, sometimes we'll get people that are just diehard religions and they're like, well, this happened and that happened. But also if you look in the Bible, they also stoned people to death. So is that right? right. You know, so, yeah. so we it's have confusing, to, honestly, it, it, is. Evolved, it, really? and it hasn't kept up with what modern life is today. Like, and it's also to, hard, like with kids and just in general, like going through all of that and like how we're going to teach them and how we're going to talk about certain things. And I know one of the things that we wanted to talk about today is dealing with grief when, you know, you have little kids or if somebody mm -hmm. passes away, like I don't even know how to talk to JJ and Adrew when it comes to death and all of that because yeah. it all started when my sister Kristen's dog passed away first Griffin that was the first death that they remember and they still oh. talk about it all oh the time oh my gosh like, I feel like kids are fascinated with death right or just mine are oh or my gosh I never no yeah, 100% it's the it's weirdest thing all, right no yes. it scares me yes. because I knew we were doing this today right I knew that Tiff was coming today and this is going to be one conversation my my grandmother comes over to my parents house every Thursday night for dinner and we have dinner with her every Thursday night Joseph loves his mamu, his great grandmother, like asks for her all the time. And when she's not feeling well, like if it's raining outside, she doesn't like to leave the house because her body hurts. And, you know, she's 90 something years old. Like she doesn't always want to leave the house. Mm -hmm. But Joseph gets so upset when she can't leave. And I'm like, the fact that like you love your great grandmother so much and have such a strong connection with her is amazing. But then my mind spiraled and I didn't even say it out loud. I would never say it out loud. Yeah. But like your mind goes like to the dark side and like, God forbid, like Joseph has such a connection with his great grandmother. And mm -hmm. like if anything was to ever happen, like, yeah, how would you explain that? No, to and somebody? I think that's why this conversation is so important because like yeah. 
it is going to happen. And I think a lot of moms with little kids don't know the answer to that. And none of us know the answer, really. Like, how do we really talk? I would love to have like a child therapist on here one day to talk about it too. But I think where you come into play is just your coping mechanisms that you know, and like you have so much experience teaching people like how to cope, how to get through these things. So like, what would you say for us? Like, where, where do we even take this conversation right now? Right, well, going through grief, there's so many different stages of grief that we have to honor, and just as yourself. So if, if it's your great-grandmother or somebody that's close to you that passed, not only do you have to be mindful of how, you know, Joseph's gonna handle it, but you have to be mindful of you yeah and how you're gonna handle it yeah and so with stages of grief you have the sadness you have the anger you have the what I should have could have you have the fantasy that they're still here you know like you're gonna be going through these stages so the best thing that I can say is take your time don't allow any other outside opinions of people saying well wasn't that two months ago or you know, she lived you, a great life. She lived a great life. Yeah. Oh, I can't stand that. I can't stand that either. I it's can't like, stand okay, that either. just because old age takes somebody doesn't mean that's like a reason to move on. Not miss them and yeah, not exactly, grieve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what I would say is whatever makes sense for you. If that means taking time for yourself a little bit extra during the day, giving yourself a, a journal to write down thoughts um, I actually created this book. It's a journal book about grief, and it's 365 messages from your loved ones in spirit. It's a daily journal. And the reason why I did this, which is a kind of like a segue as to why we're talking about this, is because I've actually channeled 365 messages from loved ones in spirit. Oh, so if you're wow. going through the grieving process, you could either do it day one, day two, day three, or you could easily, like, let's see. Let's see what our message is. Yeah. Flip to a random page. Tiff just opened up the book to a random page, what's it say? Tell me about what's happening in your life. Write your heart out. So wow. it's like having an additional oh, conversation. Oh, so it's like somebody that had passed asking you that question. Yeah. Wow. Right. That's amazing. Right. That's so comforting. It's about having that additional question if they're sitting yeah. next to you on the couch. And so I give you an area where you can actually journal and write your feelings down. You know? So Tiff, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. So there's so many different things that you can do. And so when I talk about how to handle grief, like this one, manifest the life of your dreams, you know, so there's all different messages, but it's about, you know, you being able to honor them and still love them because yeah. love is infinite. That yeah. doesn't go away. Yeah. It's just learning to love them in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so when you become at peace with that, because you're never going to get over grief, that's what people think, like, oh, it's been a couple days, it's been a couple months. Like, you're never going to get over grief. It's just learning how to live with grief. It's kind of gets your feelings out and emotions out. Yeah, especially, especially the anger. Like, yeah. I know, like, Jeff's mom passed away, and, like, she was so sick. She had Alzheimer's, so a lot of people do always say, oh, you know, at least she's done suffering. And honestly, I do agree with that in a way, just because Alzheimer's can last for 10 years. But one of the things that, like, the feeling that hasn't really faded is, like, that feeling of just, like, what the hell? Like, why? Why her? Why? Like, right. she, you know what I mean? Like, she lived her whole life for her kids and working so hard so she could live this phase of her life. And then it gets taken away from her. So, like, that feeling of just, like, anger. So I could totally see that being, like, a way to tone that down and be like, okay, she's still here. Like, right. everything is okay. Like, this is just kind of what the plan was for her. And you just need to accept it. But it is really hard. And you need to know that she's in her right frame of mind now. Yeah, I, I believe that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what a lot of times our loved ones will show us if, if they 
have Alzheimer's or if they had uh, a disease or a, an addiction, something going on, they may show me how they passed or why they passed, but they will always show me, look at me now, I'm free and clear, I'm happy now, I can, oh I can be myself. That must be the best part yes. of your job. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, you're like, oh my God. Wait, that's wow. a good sign, Libby, right? Yeah. Like, like, do you feel, chills, like Wait, do you feel yes. any spirits here right now? Sorry, I know I'm like, no, uh, I mean, like there's always do you feel spirits. Kathy here? This, I do. You do? I do. She just shows me a little birdie. So I don't know. Oh, because I, well, I always, whenever I see cardinals now, I tell the kids, oh, Nanny's saying hi. Oh, I know, I you send us that. pictures of the cardinals. Yeah, and like chickens are her thing. So I guess like birds are just her thing in her general. Thing, yeah. But like when she passed away, our house was getting swarmed by cardinals. Oh my god! That winter. I was sending you videos. I'm like, yep. I was two weeks postpartum with Delilah and I'm just like seeing cardinals flying all over my back patio all the time. And then they, they've since gone away. They haven't been here. I'm curious to see if they'll be here this winter. And you also made a book for her about her. Cause I see a book, like it's like a book. Yeah. A photo album of pictures. I bought like an old school photo album that I feel like you don't see anymore. And I put all the extra photos that I printed out for the week I put them in there so that like we had them in a safe place and it wasn't in this big board. That's a huge validation, my friend. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. Hi, she, Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Right? <laughs> I know. It is crazy. But going, yeah. like, I think a lot of moms obviously are listening to our podcast mm-hmm. or someone planning to have kids or, you know, how do you guys talk to your kids about death? Because like, like I was saying before, it started with Griffin and then Adri especially just kept asking like so where is Griffin going heaven heaven and then my parents dog passed away in October so they're like oh now they're together and I'm just like yeah and like now they're together in heaven and then Kathy passed away so now Kathy Zoe the dog and Griffin the dog are all together together in this super happy place and essentially they are just so you know (laughs) yeah and so in their mind they're just all like dancing around and like they're around us but Adri just doesn't understand she's like wait I can talk to her at night when I get scared or when I have nightmares but like she can hear me, but I can't hear her. And I'm like, she can feel her in her heart. That, yep, that's, and that's what I say. That's what you say. Okay. Because it all comes down to being able to feel them again. Wow. And you will feel that love because that love is infinite. So. And I sometimes mean, Adri will even break down crying when she talks about it. All of a sudden, just like break down, meltdown. Oh and I know it's not necessarily like Kathy now has passed away. She passed away a year ago, mm-hmm. but three years before that, she was pretty much like, Nothing, nothing was there because of her Alzheimer's, early onset Alzheimer's took over so soon. So I never had the kids go and visit her because I didn't want them to remember her that way. Um, and so Adri was just a little baby. But I think she breaks down more of like a, I show her the, them the pictures every week. I, I we used to do it every single night when we went to sleep and we would show the pictures and the videos. And now it's just like, you know, more like every week or when they ask about it, which is surprisingly a lot. Um, but I think she breaks down just of like that fear of the unknown. Yeah. She doesn't even know what it is. And she's associating it with, I miss Griffin. I miss Zoe. I yeah. miss Nanny. And I feel like Disney movies too. I don't know if you've realized this as an adult watching Disney movies now. It's like the Lion King, the father passing, the good dinosaur. You the know. good dinosaur makes me cry oh my God, every, every time. Oh my God. I know. That's a, such a sad oh my God. You know, And when you start thinking about these Disney movies that we grew up on, it's like there's always a parent that passes away and you're just like wow and so I think like kids I don't want to say they don't idolize it but it's like they kind of look at it and they're fascinated they're like what's going on like I don't is it gone forever yeah Yeah. Yeah. okay so if a family just lost a loved one say for example 
and the child has had so many memories with them and clearly knows who they are and has a relationship, like how would you suggest or guide a parent who is trying to like educate a young one on death? Like how would you like, that's a good question. So what I would say is you have to figure out how you would handle it first because you're right. They're going to learn from you. So if I have it under control, if you have, but I have to explain it. Exactly. Exactly. So I, we kind of touched base on it with Liz. Like I would say, you know, even though they're not here physically, they're going to always live within us. Yeah. Their love is always going to be part of who we are and they're going to be with us. They're going to show us that they're here with us. You can write them letters. They're going to get that message. You can draw them pictures. They're going to get that picture. Oh, so, I like that. I yeah, like that that's too. really good advice. Yeah, so it, it's it's very, again, when you have a handle and understand how you can handle your grief, that's, that's solid right there because yeah. then you can be a, a major teacher for your children so they can handle the grieving process in their way, but you're opening it up to have that conversation and communication, which is essential. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that advice mm -hmm. so much. And I also think that signs are so powerful now, especially that I'm like experiencing it with the kids and everything. And I know Connor Kelly's husband, now husband, um, Mm -hmm. he has a strong connection to ladybugs. So it's like his grandmother that had passed away. She loved ladybugs, this whole thing. When him and Kelly first started dating, they were in Brazil. Like ladybugs don't exist in a ladybug. They were only together for a couple of weeks. What? And a ladybug, they exist, but just it's not like here. You know, it was like Wendy, like on the beach. Like, and a ladybug landed on him. And like that was so comforting. It was kind of like her stamp of approval. Like this is your wife. And that's kind of how I feel with cardinals. And I feel like symbols are just so important when it comes to grieving because now, like forever, when I see a cardinal, like I could be in the worst like mood that day or like, you know, whatever happened and I'll see a cardinal and it just makes me happy. And I truly do believe that it's a sign, but you need to seek those symbols out. You can't be like that person like, oh, there's cardinals everywhere in the winter, Liz, like you live in the middle of the forest. Like I truly believed in that moment there was more cardinals than usual. And I noticed them like I know she was trying to get my attention and now that's something that I can take with me forever and that my kids will take with them forever. Whenever they see a cardinal in the winter, hi, nanny. Like we always say, hi, nanny, you know? So I think it is so important that people kind of like open their eyes to those symbols, not just like for a one-time thing, but because then that's something that you can take with you forever. Right. It's, It's basically, it's sign after sign. And so cardinals are big, butterflies are big, ladybugs, dragonflies, hawks, pennies and dimes from heaven. You guys have heard Wait, that? What's that? No, what's that? Pennies and dimes. So a lot of times you'll see a penny or a dime in like a random place. Um, places that you wouldn't, like you might wake up and in your bed you'll find a, a dime or a penny. Oh, wow. You know, oh like that's gosh. happened to me. That. That's happened to me, yeah. So they have the ability to change it up too. So a lot of people, I just did a reading today for someone in Delaware and she said, you know, my sisters are so excited that when mom comes through, she shows herself as, as a cardinal. But for me, I always see butterflies and I say, it's okay. She can come through to you as a butterfly. And for them, it can be the cardinal. So spirit is always in control. And to what you said, Liz, too, it's like, why take out the magic? We're so analytical. Yeah, that's here. exactly we're so, it. We're so literal and analytical here. Why not just just allow believe. this magic. Yeah. yeah. Just just mm-hmm. believe and and trust that it is our loved ones coming through. They come through in dreams too. Yeah. 
Dreams are huge indications that they're here. Um, license plates, you could look at license plates and it could be maybe a birth date or an anniversary of their past or even uh, it could be their their initials. You know, I get that a lot mm, too. I think I have to pay attention more. So yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of times we don't pay attention until... We're you looking for something. Find well, yeah. That's, that's kind of what I mean by it too. It's like, okay, when my, when Bobby Neza passed away, I saw Red Cardinals. He passed right. away. like, And then Kathy, Red Cardinals. But I'm like... I don't usually see them. So yeah, somebody might say like, oh, Liz, they're always there. But I truly, like in my heart, truly believe that it's not, that's not the case. And like, I'm so happy that I have that because it's almost like a prayer. You know, you don't know that God is there as someone's listening to your prayers. You kind of just need to trust in your faith that like they are, you know? Exactly. So I feel like when I've been talking about looking for signs, like my grandmother passed this January, January will be two years. And... I, I feel like I, I, like, I like don't, I want to believe in these things and like, I want to believe in these signs, but number one, I don't think I'm mindful enough to be paying attention to things that are going on. (laughs) Yeah. Even though I want to. And like, I've also never connected with anybody Mm -hmm. like on the other side. Like, so as much as I, I 100% believe it for people because I've seen you in action and I've seen you talk about things and I've seen you say the craziest shit to people that are like holy shit I know like, it's that uh-huh what the moment, hell is going right? on <laughs> yeah like at Boston Harbor Hotel before I even like met you personally I was like what the fuck yeah. <laughs> who is this chick yes. she's a weird one no not no, even it's, weird it's, but I just saw the people like for it, yeah. it is like, like I'm the sixth sense kind right. of right. yeah and like yeah. you know everything about people yeah. it's like crazy if you guys want more of that or if you feel any of the things that we have like you can DM us like you always do DM Tiff mm-hmm. on Spirit Tiff on Instagram Spirit Tiff on Instagram she's always on Insta always on Insta Spirit Tiff on TikTok I'm never gonna slide into anyone's DMs I have a lot of people no, trying to she be has me fake accounts that try to be Hundreds. her so it's never insane. send money to a Venmo pretending to be her but right my honestly, website oh, sorry, Tiff has helped me personally so much over the years and now she's just a, such a close friend of mine and my entire family so I can tell you guys right now that like if you're looking for that you know comfort of you lost someone recently or maybe it's someone maybe you just want to like experiment test, te- yeah that's right. what I was going to say like and you have a book you talk about your book oh yeah real quick you can get it on Amazon. It's 365 messages from your loved ones and spirits. It's a daily journal. So if you or you, if someone you know journaling. is going through um, going through a grieving process, this is a great tool to have. And um, if you have any questions, you guys can find me on my website, which is tiffanyrice.com. Thank you, Thank you. Okay, so that's it for part one. And now we're going to go into part two, my conversation with Jill Hovenasian from the Alzheimer's Association. Jill, thank you so much on behalf of Libby, Lara, and I for the work that you're doing at the Alzheimer's Association because I am just in awe of the work that you do every day. You're so dedicated to helping families and loved ones of those struggling with Alzheimer's. You're truly doing God's work, and I am so proud of you. Thank you for sharing your insight. I hope that you will all tune in and continue listening to what Jill has to say. Thank you so much, guys. Whoa! <laughs> right? This is wild. Hello, hello. Oh, wait, no one's on.
Uh-huh. I heard Jeff test testing. On the, it was fun. Oh to hear. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know at first, and like if you feel a little nervous, it's completely normal, and you're almost feel it feels unnatural. But I really just wanted you to come in here. To, like, I know it kind of sucks. It's Thanksgiving. Like we should be no, outside no, nice. spending time with the family. Um, but it's Thanksgiving Day right now, and a lot of you guys know that my mother-in-law passed away almost a year ago now, and. I have Jeff's cousin. I call her my own cousin now. Jill Hovenasian here. I've known you for 13 years now. Yeah, at least. But over the past five to six years, our relationship has gotten so much deeper, especially when it comes to my mother-in-law and her Alzheimer's because Jill works at the Alzheimer's Association of Massachusetts and New Hampshire. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So glad to be able to talk about this with you. And it really has um, deepened, I think, all of our families' relationships with one another because, you know, they often say this disease is a family disease. And really, we saw that with every single person out there. You know, Auntie Kathy was so centric to especially Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve. And so to now have that centric person impacted in such a big way really trickled throughout the whole family. Yeah, no, it's so crazy. Like Jeff was just chopping up the salad in the kitchen and I'm like, oh my God, this is so crazy because I, I have like vivid memories of her chopping the lettuce a certain way or chopping the celery, you know? Yes. And you've known her since you were born, like a little baby. So I can only imagine how hard it is for you. Yeah, I was talking to my dad a little bit about it, just wondering his perspective on it and how he's yeah, how he's yeah. feeling coming into today. And it is, it's, it's very strange to um, be at a holiday that felt like, it felt like Auntie Kathy's holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so strange for her to, yeah, not be here. Um, yeah. And that said, we've carried on all the traditions. Literally, I think it's been the same recipes since I, I was born. And we keep those traditions, including extra parsley in the salad, which always reminds me of Auntie Kelly. Yeah, so. I love that you said that when you came in. And then another one of the questions you asked me is just like, how does it feel? Technically, this is the first Thanksgiving without her, you know, here in the sense of being alive because she was at home for so long. But it kind of feels like she's been gone for years. And I wish I could say that it felt like she was here when she was over the past couple of years, but it really didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like that's like, and from your perspective, I know it's kind of a coincidence. So Jill has worked at the Alzheimer's Association even before Kathy was diagnosed with this. So talk a little yes. bit about that actually, just so we can give them some background. Sure. Yeah. So I, I went um, to school for social work initially and in, intending to work in hospice care, but I kept getting drawn back towards dementia care because it's been um, in our family for a long time. Uh, our, um, our grandfather, Auntie Kathy's father had Alzheimer's disease and I, I felt pulled towards that work. So it was, um, you know, I, it, it was a strange and, and really cruel irony that Auntie Kathy started to show signs at such a young age. Mm -hmm. Um, But they do, they call it the long goodbye. And I I think that's sort of a cheesy phrase. However, it really says it exactly, right? Like you said, it's, she had been changing for some time. And although this is the first year without her physically present, um, there's a, a term about loss called ambiguous loss. And it's a, what it basically means is someone's here, but they're not in many ways. And, I think that was very true for how you all experienced the loss of Auntie Kathy. Especially yeah, over the past no, that's years. that's exactly it. And I remember when I, I first started noticing signs, JJ was just a little baby. He was 15 months old. And I'll actually never forget, um, he was 
clearly still in diapers, like running around. And I had just had Adriana and she had JJ go into the bathroom and close the door behind him. And at this point, Kathy, my mother-in-law was, she was the most present grandmother ever. And that's what makes this so hard too, is that my kids deserved that time with her. They deserved to have that grandmother who loved them. She literally waited her whole life for this. And she spent so much time. I'm so grateful for the time that she did spend with JJ and Adri when Adri was a baby because she showed up for them. And whether or not my kids are going to remember this when they're older, like themselves, they'll remember because I'm going to tell them and the amount of photos and videos I have of them mm. will remind them how present she was and how much she loved them. But yeah, so she put JJ in the bathroom and she closed the door behind her and she was like, oh, he's just using the bathroom. And right away, my heart... Mm. In my stomach, like I thought I was gonna throw up. Mm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is real. And I remember you were the first person, like I, either the first or second person I contacted right away. I think I might have told Jeff first because nobody really thought that this was happening. Right. And I was with her so much because I was with her two full days every single week, especially when I was on maternity leave with Adri. It was like her and I, and I was kind of watching these things play out. And I'm like, no, this is really happening, but no one else is kind of like picking up on it, mm. you know? Yes. And because sometimes at the beginning, that that's what happens. Totally. Um, but what would you say, I know there's so much advice to give, but whether it's somebody dealing with a grandparent or they're, they're the main caregiver, mm -hmm. like what, what are kind of some of your tips? Because I think that's what we want. I really wanted Jill to come on to this episode. I know this episode already kind of started off with grief and especially during the holidays. If you're dealing with grief, this is the hardest time, at least in my opinion. Mm. Um, so like what are some tips that you have? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I was thinking about this leading up to our discussion today and thinking a lot about how this disease is really isolating, right? And it's isolating for the person living with the disease oftentimes, especially in the early stages. And then again, right, family disease, it's isolating typically for the whole family, particularly the primary caregivers. Um, it's a disease that unlike a lot of other diseases, and this is something we hear from caregivers a lot, is that you know, there are other diseases where people show up with casseroles and and wear ribbons, right? And this disease, unfortunately, we typically see people really pull away. So the main thing that I like to stress to caregivers is kind of identifying or, or working with them to identify what is this experience like for you? And, and oftentimes that's pointing towards the grief they experience. Mm -hmm. um, Does the grief start early on technically because they're kind of feeling like that per they lost that person already? Totally, totally. That ambiguous loss, right? It starts, I think, really even in the very early stages of experiencing symptoms. Um, they they start to notice that their loved one has changed in, in whatever way that they're changing. And knowing that it's a progressive disease, they're experiencing that anticipatory grief, too. Mm -hmm. um, there's this researcher, uh, or I, I'm not sure if he's considered a researcher, but he worked closely with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who did the five stages of grief. And he helped develop a sixth stage. And he's quoted, David Kessler, I believe is his name, he's quoted as saying, grief needs to be witnessed. Um, and I think that's true of all of our traditions around death and dying. And unfortunately, that means the isolation, right? They're, they're experiencing grief and they're experiencing it alone. So biggest thing I think for caregivers is, is figuring out who they can contact or who they can um, share with that they feel safe with. And, yeah. and that could be, 
a particular family member, a friend. It could be even contacting your loved one's care providers to see if they have a social worker Mm -hmm. um, or, of course, calling the helpline just so they know that there's a community of people dealing with this and that they don't have to live with it alone. And that they're not alone. And is that something that the Alzheimer's Association, where you the where you work, is that a service that you guys offer? Yeah, I would say I, I always I always say that I'm obviously totally biased, um, but I used to refer folks before I worked here, and I feel even more confident referring folks to the helpline now. Um, the helpline, it's truly 24-7, um, even on today, Thanksgiving Day. Um, it's staffed by master's level social workers and therapists who I feel so confident referring folks because my colleagues are so compassionate and they really want to do right by you. And yeah. that could be, you know, pointing you towards resources and talking about more practical tips, but it also could be just someone who is going to be compassionate and yeah. really listen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And especially at the beginning, one of the things that I struggled with is that I had never experienced anybody with Alzheimer's. So I just immediately went to Google and started to do my own research. I talked to you a lot about it to try to find out, is there anything that I I could be doing or mm-hmm. saying to Kathy that could be triggering her? Because one of the things is like the anxiety and the stress that they deal with, especially in the beginning stages, when they're kind of aware of what's going on and you're, wait, you don't remember that? Well, that could be super triggering to them. And then mm-hmm. immediately they're feeling this anxiety. They're feeling this embarrassment. And that's some of the things that broke my heart with her is that when I noticed with her, oh, shit, I just said something that, you know, I shouldn't have said, or I just repeated myself and she started to get insecure. And to be honest, the beginning of her Alzheimer's like diagnosis was probably like both were equally heartbreaking, but I think it was worse for me when I saw her be aware of it. And I saw how, you know, she was just this perfectly put together woman and just, she's so full of life. So when she would kind of catch herself for either repeating herself or doing something that she was, you know, just out of character, mm. she would be devastated. Mm. Totally. And it's and it's just so hard. And I think as we went on, you know, Dennis, who's Jeff's dad, ended up having to put her in a special care facility because it was too much on him. Mm. And it was getting to the point that she could either harm herself or harm him. So mm-hmm. if you you know, whether it's a grandparent or a loved one that's dealing with this, just know that like, if that's, you know, the route that you have to go, that the guilt, yes, I'm not going to say it's not normal. It's normal. And Dennis, I'm sure felt it. We all felt it. Like we were, you know, we wish that we could have done more to keep her home and keep her where she's the most comfortable. But it's, I think, part of dealing with this disease. Totally. Totally. And, and hopefully Liz doesn't edit this part out, but just want to say she's daughter-in-law of the century. She was such oh, an incredible support you. to Auntie Kathy. And Auntie Kathy was so lucky to have your love and support and advocacy, especially like you said right earlier on. I think you really hit upon something that we often talk about. There's all stages of hard right throughout the disease process. And we often say arguably the hardest or some of the hardest times are right at that beginning stages, right? Where there's just enough impairment that there's maybe some lack of awareness, but enough cognition intact that there's some spots of awareness. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to see people live like that. And then it's also really hard to figure out how to support them. Yeah. Um, But you're right that, you know, I I think the disease is unfortunately inherently fraught with guilt, worry, and wonder. Am I doing enough? Have I done enough? Have I planned enough for the future? Mm -hmm. Am I providing enough care? 
And the other thing I, I would want to say around that, because I know, again, it's inherently fraught, especially with those guilty feelings, is that trying to lean into gentleness, right? So often we're talking about self-care for caregivers. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's paramount. And I think it can feel patronizing to caregivers, too, to think, oh, geez, okay, of all my competing priorities, this is another thing I have to fit on my list is my self-care. So wanted to share a little bit. I, I have a colleague, Julia, who shared a bit about the difference between self-soothing and self-care. And I, I think there's an important distinction there. Self-care being those activities or tasks that we do that don't necessarily feel, feel good in the moment, but maybe building capacity for the future. And self-soothing are those things that I at least used to mix up with self-care, right? It's like the TV at the end of the night mm -hmm. or the bath or a comforting meal. Yeah. And especially in this season, there's really value in self-soothing. I do know that caregivers can often build up that guilt of, okay, on top of all that, I haven't fit in time for self-care. So trying to be gentle with oneself and really leaning into that self-soothing, especially this holiday season. Wow. That's, that's so important. Like, and I hope that Dennis is doing that for himself. I really do. I mean, hopefully, could his self-soothing be like him golfing? Mm, totally. <laughs> yeah, like so. doing things for himself, you Whatever know. Whatever feels good, right? Yeah. It's, it's that thing in the moment that feels mm -hmm. good. And, and maybe we're not building capacity or making the hard phone calls that yeah. day. But if we're looking at a scale of like one to 10 of burnout, 10 being I'm going to pull my hair out. Yeah. And one being I have lots of capacity. If you're five or under, then maybe it's self-care. But if you're five or above on that burnout scale, we're really wanting to lean into that self-soothing and it's really okay. And there's really a space for that in yeah. your life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such great. That's such great advice. And then obviously a lot of our listeners have kids. They listen to us. They love to hear the funny stories about the kids or, you know, marriage and all of that. So I think one of the things that people might be interested in knowing, at least I definitely would be, especially in this stage with my kids starting to get older. What are your thoughts on if a grandparent or, you know, a parent, somebody is going through Alzheimer's, what are your thoughts on having the kids be around that? I know you were around your grandfather and you kind of saw him. He was older. Mm -hmm. He was a little bit older. He was. Yeah. Um, so his wasn't necessarily early onset. But what are your thoughts on like, should parents feel comfortable bringing their kids around this? Or I mean, I know it's probably up to parents, but I personally didn't because I was scared that that's how they were going to remember her. Mm, but true. then a part of me has this guilt or this regret that I wish I could have had that conversation, but I almost feel like they were too young where I couldn't explain it then, where now maybe I could. Sure. What are your thoughts? And like, what do you guys see at the Alzheimer's Association? That's a great question. And first of all, there's no wrong answer here. Bringing them around your loved one with dementia or not, there's no wrong answer there. Yeah. I do think it's, it's some trial and error. And for kids in general, there's a lot of um, what they... Uh, typically do well with is creating that expectation right around this is might might be what you see or this is might be what um, nanny or, or whomever mm -hmm. might say and creating that visual for them so there's some of that um, expectation that's created and then trial and error we say this a lot about dementia care in general because it can be so mercurial right one day it might look one way two days later someone might present another way mm -hmm. um, so it may be a little bit of trialing these short visits, right? It might start with a half hour visit and perhaps there's something that everyone can focus on together, um, like coloring together or looking at photographs together, mm -hmm. keeping the visit short and then sort of doing a check-in both with maybe your loved one's primary caregiver, but then checking with the kids, you know, are you seeing any behavior change afterwards and things like that? 
Um, But there are also a lot of good resources and books about it, kind of explaining why there's forgetfulness and again, kind of what to expect. Oh, that's great. Okay. Maybe I'll, you'll send, um, if you could tell me some of those, I'll link them in the episode. So if anybody's interested or if you have little kids who, you know, you want, you're considering bringing them around, whoever it is, your loved one with Alzheimer's or dementia, um, you can, I would love to actually get those books because as my kids get older right now, they don't really understand what was wrong with Kathy. Mm. They just know she got sick and they're constantly asking me, like, especially Idri. She's always like, she's in heaven. Is she coming back or is she there forever? And I'm like, she's waiting for all of us. She's in a very happy place. She's with us anytime you want to talk to her. Um, I know I mentioned earlier in this episode during our conversation with Tiff, but signs for me are really great, especially with the kids. So every time we see a red cardinal, AG will say like, Nanny's saying hi. Mm -hmm. And again, whether or not you're the most spiritual person in the world, sometimes it's those signs and those things that you hold on to that can help you with your grief. Totally. I think there's so much value in that and so much comfort. Yeah. No, I love that. Well, thank you so much for this conversation, Jill. Like you guys, if you guys have any other questions jill is incredible and also we'll make sure to link a contact from the alzheimer's association they're full of so much great information and she's been super helpful like i said for us for jeff and i um and for so many other people so we're so grateful and i just wanted to offer you guys a little bit more of a deeper conversation about this because so many of you have contacted me about also dealing with this so I just feel like, especially going into the holidays, it's an important conversation to have. Totally. And you're amazing to use your platform for this too. And yes, please, please reach out. You don't have to be alone in this. And I know it can feel really lonely. Yeah. All right. Well, Jill, thank you so much. We're going to go now have our wine and our turkey and (laughs) spend time with our family. We miss Kathy so much. But like Jill said, we're keeping her traditions alive. We're at her home right now where she hosted every holiday and... We're just going to try to enjoy and talk about fun stories with her and, you know. Look out for cardinals. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Jill.